0: Hey guys, it's Kelly and I want to welcome you back to the Unbroken podcast. So today I have an extra special guest that has actually become a very good friend of mine and her name is Angie. I do have to put a trigger warning on this episode as it involves religious abuse and some of the terminology that's used may trigger people that have gone through similar things. But I would like everyone to please give a very warm welcome to Angie. How are you tonight?
1: I'm great, Kelly. How are you?
0: I'm good. Tired, but good. (laughs)
1: Yes, (laughs) me too.
0: It's just been such a long week for me. And it's what, Monday?
1: (laughs) It can only go uphill from here, hopefully.
0: True. I know we're supposed to get hit with what they're calling an Arctic blast, but it's going to be in the 50s. I'm like, that's not really Arctic, but.
1: Maybe for this time of year. That...
0: Maybe. I'm looking forward to it, though. I love the cold weather. I hate the heat. It just makes you want to lay in bed and watch serial killer documentaries all day long.
1: I'm the opposite. I hate the cold. I'd rather be out in the heat. And so cold makes me want to lay in bed and watch documentaries about serial killers myself. (laughs) So I can relate to that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the mic is yours to share your story. Um, I started my podcast to be a safe space for survivors. And this is your episode, not mine. So wherever you want to start, go for it.
1: All right, so um, like Kelly said, my name's Angie, and I grew up in a very religious home. I grew up Mormon, although they go, they rebranded not too long ago, and now go by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, so it's the same thing for anybody that um, is not familiar with them. Um, My parents were very, and still are, very fundamental um, in the religion, and I grew up, and I actually started being molested and abused when I was very little, about um, a year and a half. And I had no memory of it actually until about seven years ago. So I grew up in this very fundamental um, religious home. I got married young, like many religious um, couples do because premarital sex is not allowed. So I married my husband after only about three months of knowing him. Um, and he was very abusive. So I went through a very abusive marriage. He never hit me. Um, although he was very sexually abusive and very verbally, um, manipulative and controlling. Mm -hmm. And I always had, anyway, I, we got divorced after about eight and a half years of marriage. And that kind of started me on a journey to heal. And I did a lot of therapy um, and yet I still had this horrible pain inside of me, pain that I didn't, um, couldn't understand why I still had it, what was happening. And about um, seven years ago, I was dating someone and um, we had been together for a little while. We were practically living together. It was a pretty serious relationship. So, I thought, and I found out that my partner was cheating on me. They posted on Facebook that they had a new relationship and were had a new partner and
0: oh yeah, cause I, I, that's I'm not 40. teenage at all <laughs>
1: no, no, I was you know mid thirties we we were in our mid thirties to forties, and um it was devastating. in fact, I sent them a message and said, what you know what's this about?" <laughs> your relationship, aren't we supposed to be together? And their response was, yeah, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. Um, to which I just was done, wanted nothing to do with them. However, that betrayal unlocked memories, um, of my child abuse. It started me having memories of that significant of a betrayal by someone who was supposed to love and care about me. Mm. Um, unlocked the memories of my child abuse and my abusers were friends of my parents and it happened at church and it happened um, without my parents' knowledge. So I started struggling with dual traumas. I was dealing with multiple traumas. I was dealing with this cheating of my partner and then also the memories of child abuse. Um, so I started consuming alcohol pretty heavily um, using a fair amount and i am a registered nurse i was working as a registered nurse at the time and you don't really want your nurse being either hungover or intoxicated and i was aware enough to know that i had a problem so i checked myself into inpatient psychiatric um to an inpatient psych unit um, that specialized in ptsd and started healing, and I spent a month in the inpatient unit and when I got out um, started in really intensive outpatient therapy and it was incredibly challenging because since I had no memory of my child abuse, I didn't have explicit memories, but I had body memories, so I would feel wow, sensations oh my they make me want to peel my skin off, even just I
0: smell them. memories mm-hmm. where like one time I was, all I could smell was something burnt, citrus and coffee. And it was, all my friends thought I was losing my mind. And then eventually it turned into a full memory.
1: A it, it, the the body memories are almost the worst. Cause for me, I felt like I was crazy. Like, well, yeah. well, I'm sitting here, I'm watching just a normal TV show. And all of a sudden I'm, you know, sexually aroused and like inappropriately, or like I just certain things would come back and yeah. sounds Sounds were very, um, hard for me to hear. Um, I, I, I've practiced yoga for a number of years and I would be in yoga class and we would do some sort of breathing exercise. And that would just set me off because it was like listening to my abusers breathing in my ear. And mm-hmm. so, um, the body memory,
0: maybe, maybe cause like my husband has sleep apnea Mm -hmm. And he makes it like, he snores and it drives me bonkers, but he makes this weird breathing noise and it triggers me so bad. I have no, I have no idea what it is, but it's like, when I hear it, I just cringe and kick him out of my room and make him sleep out on the, go out on the couch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can relate to that. Mine was even just, it it takes me back to hearing my abusers in my ear breathing as all of, you know, my abuse was happening. And so um, those things were what started coming out first. Um, So I can relate to that with your, with your husband, that would be very challenging for me
0: as well. It's easy for me. I just bought a really expensive, comfortable couch for him to sleep on that (laughs) I hate sitting on.
1: (laughs) Fantastic.
0: And it was for me, like the first time I had ever realized that there was something that was happening to me, I was driving in the car with my father Well, he was driving and he was going all over with his hands and he grazed my thigh. I was wearing shorts because it was summertime and it wasn't like inappropriate or sexual, but I just, I felt so dirty. And I got to my ex-husband's house that I I was dating at the time. And I mean, I peeled two layers of skin off. I took so many showers just scrubbing where he touched me and then- I talked with a therapist and she's like, I think you may have been sexually abused. This was obviously when I was 17. So it was before I had knowledge of anything that I had gone through. But it's weird how your mind, like your body remembers before your mind does.
1: It does. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and, and for me, I felt, I, I felt crazy. Like I couldn't explain it. Why were these things happening? It just didn't make sense. Cause I had no memory whatsoever of being abused. So like you, it was just, but that, that, that's also similar for me. Like I would shower or peel at my skin when I would feel those things and it peeled layers off. So yeah, yeah. I, I have.
0: I have problems with sounds, too. I can't stand the sound of my dog licking himself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm like, it's just, I don't know what it is. I, I, To be honest, given what some survivors have gone through with animals, I don't think I want to know why
1: it for me, it also got to a point where I don't want to know anymore. Like I have enough memories to know that, that the shit that I went through was pretty horrible. And yeah. I, I just want to let it go. I don't need to know. Same with you. I don't need to know the why anymore. Yeah. I just want to be able to move past it and heal.
0: I used to want to, and I was always, I need to remember everything or I'm never going to get past it. And now that I remember, like, uh, I don't remember a lot, but some of the worst things that I remember, I'm like, can I, like, unremember it?
1: (laughs) Uh-huh. Yep. And and it was, like,
0: a lot of people, they always talk about, like, before the abuse. And since I – it was happening since I was an infant. I don't have a four or before the abuse, but I do have a, before I knew, and I wish I could go back to
1: that. Mm-hmm. It's
0: exhausting.
1: So, so here's my question. So mine started when I was a year and a half, also very young, not quite an infant, but still very young. Um, And, and I've thought of that going back to a time like before I knew, but I still hurt. I had so much pain inside yeah. that I couldn't understand I would, horrible as what I do remember is now. I would still rather know so that I can have let go of what I did because they don't hurt so bad. I just, I, I hurt. I wanted to just end my life for so long because of this deep pain that I could never quite understand.
0: Yeah, I definitely understand that feeling. It's like, I don't think I wanted to end it, but it was kind of like, I did all these crazy things that would, and I didn't really care if it happened or not.
1: I was like that for a long time. And then it, my pain got so bad, I actually became incredibly suicidal um, and was ready to end it. I just couldn't handle it anymore. Yeah.
0: I struggled a lot with like addiction too, because they would drug me a lot for sales So it was like, it was programmed into me at such a young age that if you want the fear to go away, the pain to go away and to numb yourself, just use drugs. So after I escaped, I struggled, but I only used for, I think about two weeks before I checked myself in to a dual diagnosis place that helped with both, but it was still a struggle and I do celebrate 12 years uh, clean in December of this year. So
1: congratulations. That's a huge accomplishment. So similar to you, I was given alcohol to control and to disorient me. So I didn't get, uh, mine wasn't drugs. Mine was alcohol. So when I drink alcohol, even now, um, I end up going into behaviors, um, and patterns that, that I don't want to be going into.
0: Yeah. It's good to have the self-awareness. Like I'll have a glass of wine every once in a while, but it's like. I have a bottle of tequila. I know if I drink a little bit, I'm going to drink the whole bottle. So, but yeah. wine I can have a couple of sips of.
1: Yeah. That's hard, but at least, you know, so, you know, how yeah. to balance that and how to navigate that. Yeah.
0: So how, um, I mean, did you want to talk a little bit about the abuse? Like, they go into more yeah. detail?
1: Yeah. Um, so that was kind of the overview. Um, as my memories started coming out, I, um, I started with being, uh, remembering just one person molesting me. Um, and he was a very good friend of the family. Um, very good friend of the family. Was he
0: high up in the church or just another member?
1: So, um, In my child mind, he was high up in the church. In the Mormon church, they have what um, they call a lay clergy, meaning it's not people like in the Catholic church who actually go to seminary and who study. It's members of the congregation that um, someone in a position of authority receives revelation, they believe from God that says, Oh, this person is now going to do this job for X amount of time. And then after that length of time, they go back to being a member of the congregation, and then get a new, they call them callings. Uh, So he was um, my, uh, uh, he was in a position of leadership. um, And so as a child, I thought he had a lot of power. Um, as I've talked to my parents about it afterwards, their response was, well, he, he wasn't in that big of a position of leadership. He didn't have any power, but to a child, I had no idea he was part yeah. of, the, um, the, the group that, that oversaw the congregation. And so I thought he had, um, I thought he had a fair amount of power and my abuse started. Um, my parents were both very active, um, in the church and both my parents had, these callings or these assignments to do on Sundays. And I was a very active child. And I remember just kind of running around and, um, my, the first abuser that I remember would offer to, to watch me for my parents. And then it started out, um, he didn't go right to molesting. It started with, um, with the grooming, with the the manipulation and the mind control. Um, he would, tell me, um, I don't remember clearly because I was very young, but things that would, that as I've done my therapy, um, he would say things like, um, God hated me. I was so bad. I needed to be punished. Um, I know it started when I was around a year and a half because I have a brother who was born when I was about a year and a half. And I remember being told that, um, I was such a disappointment to my parents. They had to have my brother in order to, um, uh, to replace, you know, to make up for what a disappointment I was. And so at starting, you know, at, at a year and a half, um, I started being told that, that I was such a disappointment, both to my parents and to God. And then it started, um, it, and it was interesting. So my, and and it turns out that I had multiple abusers, but it, um, they would use the teachings of the Mormon faith. And so when I would go home and my parents would teach us their faith, it reinforced the teachings of this. It turns out it was actually, um, a pedophile cult that was hiding out within the congregation. I had multiple abusers, um, but it started with the memory of just one. And, um, he was definitely a preferential predator um he liked young um blonde uh blue-haired girls and I was that's what I look like and um as I hide my blonde hair hide your hair yeah (laughs) (laughs) I colored my hair for years afterwards I could not be blonde and I didn't know why it just but I was just
0: yeah they always made me be blonde and I you can't tell but I have like really blue eyes and it's i mean even now like my hair being this light silver i'm starting i don't know i haven't been blonde in so long but yeah i dyed my hair black eventually because i was just so tired of being the blonde little girl i don't know <laughs> why people have an obsession with blonde little girls
1: uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> or spunky uh, right i it, i i don't yeah i don't know but and and i was told that i was picked because of what I look like. Um, I mean, he definitely had a preference. And um, so luckily my hair is darker now. I don't have to color anymore, but it's not blonde. I was white blonde when I was a little kid. This is um, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I kind of got lazy and stopped coloring my hair. Otherwise it would be a different color. Um, it would well, be something-
0: I went to school for cosmetology and that was kind of, I started going there to hopefully get a job and save up money to get a place of my own, but I ended up having to escape while at school. But now with my multiple sclerosis, I can't work. So I just do myself. I've been like every color known to mankind in the past two
1: years. That's awesome. What a skill to have.
0: My hair disagrees with you though. It's like a little (laughs) pissed off down here.
1: (laughs) tell me someone whose hair isn't a little pissed off down there. Mine just needs to be trimmed. Cause I don't get it cut. I, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that, um, he definitely was a preferential predator. Um, and as, as I continued through my journey, um, with therapy, I realized that there were multiple abusers. It was actually a group that was, um, that was, abusing me and I don't really know what to call it. I'm not sure if they really actually believe in the Mormon faith or if they were just using the teachings as um as a way to control and manipulate me. Um yeah. I do remember that there were other kids there. I remember um and a lot of the stuff that happened was 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 overwhelming and and like we talked about like the body memories not even realizing what it was until until later um i was uh i'd gotten tired of being a registered nurse and so i decided to go back to school and i was going to become a nurse practitioner so i was working in school i was getting working on getting my master's degree and I was doing an online program and we got to a point where we had one of my classes, we had to film ourselves doing a head to toe assessment and then send it in. And our professors would grade us.
0: That and, sounds creepy.
1: Okay. Yes. To, to, to us, it sounds creepy. And I didn't realize that um, when I first started doing it, the first time I had to film one, I was curled in the fetal position, sobbing, having to do this video. And then as soon as the camera turned on, I switched and I was like on camera and I was great. I was, you know, I I just had completely switched. And so working through that in therapy, I realized that, um, my abusers had actually made kitty porn and I was involved in having kitty porn made. And, um, so the idea of, and if I didn't do what they wanted the way that they wanted it for their videos, their pictures, what all of the above that they were doing, um, then I was molested and punished. And usually I was sodomized. That was their favorite way to punish me. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, so working through getting comfortable learning, I, I ended up having to take a break from grad school and actually ultimately quit because I couldn't (laughs) figure out how to I I laugh because that's my trauma response um I couldn't figure out how to make it through being filmed and then critiqued and judged on on anything let alone something that was gonna you know something that was relatively big um and was gonna determine I was able to graduate I was
0: was always the opposite like looking through pictures because my mom she used to do these like virtual um, what is it photo albums and okay. I was never in any pictures but then I started realizing like ev- I hated taking pictures and when I worked through it with my current therapist because it was like um, I started seeing him right when I started sharing on TikTok and I was just like I hate looking at myself like and I don't think it's like a body dysmorphia thing I just don't like being on camera And then that's when we kind of figured out that it was from the child porn and all that.
1: It, it, child porn really does fuck a kid up. I can say that on this, right?
0: Yeah, I don't care.
1: Okay. Um, It it really does because it's so degrading. It's the, the. For me, anyway, I don't want to speak for anyone else. Um, My abusers had very specific ways that they wanted it done. And if I did not perform to their high, unreasonable expectations, mm-hmm. I paid the price. It was.
0: Well, I actually, and it's so strange. So one of my really good friends, um she got kidnapped and trafficked and he showed her like child porn and it was me like 20 some years later. And I think that's like one of the hardest things is just knowing that, you know what, it's still out there and it's always going to be out there. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's just like, how do you get rid of that, that trauma when it's still like actively happening? And then you have people with, you know, the different politicians and this person and that person. And they're like, Well, we want to see the videos. Why? Why? Like, do you realize that there's a child in that video? Like, why why do you, like, people, it's like, they're just so, like, immune or I don't know what the word is, desensitized. And I'm just like, like, people ask to see the blackmail videos, which are child porn. And I'm just like, um... Why would you want to see that?
1: It, just... it, it to me when when people say things like that, it's like they don't believe me. My words not enough. They have to actually mm-hmm. see proof. So, some sicko, you know, who can't comprehend, um, who can't comprehend what's happening, has to have some sort of validation that what we're saying is true. When their yeah. words should be enough.
0: And I'm at the point, I mean, I can't even tell you how many times I've said to people on my TikTok videos, like, you don't have to believe me. I don't need validation from a stranger on the internet. I know what my truth is, but it's, it's, it's always the, they want to see the pictures or the scars. I'm just like, why doesn't make sense?
1: No, not at all. So I was involved. um, I was forced to make child porn and one of the things that was most disturbing for me is that there were other children that I was forced to perform sexual acts on. And, yeah. um, so it wasn't just adults, it was other children. And that was, um, that was really, really challenging for me to, um, to come to terms with. Um, yeah. and, um, so that, that was overwhelming and that was, When i was little i remembered um so my abuse went on for many many years i don't even have any idea how many um i do remember there were times when i was probably five or six where um it got to the point where i would have to um and i'm going to put this in quotes confess my sins to my abusers um so we would have to do this sort of confessional where they would want me to admit the sins that I had done during the week. Um, and I mean, it was, I was sick. So it was like, I got mad at my brother or things yeah. like that. And then my punishments were, um, I was molested. And like I said, their favorite way was um, to sodomize me. And then depending on, I don't even know what their mood, how particularly bad they believed my offenses were, whatever it was. I don't know what it was. I was oftentimes then forced to, after they would put their fingers inside my rectum and sodomize me, I would then be forced to actually um, clean their fingers off, eat the feces off their fingers. And um, uh, so I was not only sodomized, I was then completely dehumanized and forced to, um, to clean their fingers. I remember there was one time one of my abusers, got incredibly pissed because he had shit on his fingers and, um, he violently shoved his fingers in my mouth, making me clean them off. And I just, I felt it, 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 it was horrific. Um, you were five, five or six. Yeah. Oh my God. Um,
0: that's terrible. You're like the second guest that I've had that had to do stuff like that.
1: It, I, it, it It is probably one of, and I'm, I say this with, with a sneer, for those of you that can't see my face, it is really probably one of the best ways to dehumanize someone is to make them.
0: I can't even imagine.
1: And especially a child. I I just, I mean, it's horrible at any age, like horrible at any age um and that was that was my punishment and i was told that this is what god wanted um and so um i grew up with the belief in this horribly abusive cruel cruel god um i remember um <laughs> there were um these the only word that i can use and i don't even know what word to use because once again i was given alcohol i was completely disoriented um but they would have these almost like orgies back in rooms that that weren't normally gone into on sundays and so there would be i remember times where there were multiple people that would come into the room and that would i, I was laying under this sheet thing and um that would molest me they'd put their arms through and so it was like kind of anybody who wanted to could come and um I I didn't even know who many of the people were that were um that were molesting me it was just um kind of like an orgy I guess but I I mean I don't know what term to use because I was not
0: free for all
1: A free for all yeah that's um and I mean, these were these were people that my parents went to church with, that my parents considered friends, that that were supposed to care and protect me. Um, and-, and it
0: sucks because it's like, what child would even think about telling their parents that that was happening? Because they're using your faith to basically get you to think this is what the faith is all about. So it's like. I hate saying like, but it's like the perfect circle. Like you're never (laughs) going to tell your parents because they're using your faith and you don't want to tell your parents that you're being, that you're bad and not following the faith.
1: And I remember, um, trying one time to tell my parents and now granted i was very little and this is 40 years ago before we actually had really language and kids learned body safety terms and i remember saying so and so one of one of my main molesters um was mean to me he hurt me and my parents mm-hmm. response was oh he was just trying to help you learn how to be good and show god respect so that you're you're good yeah. on sentence and so it was just completely dismissed um Part of it too is um they did tell me if I ever talked about it they would kill um my brother and my sister and my dad would lose his position in the church. Yeah. And then um then I did they would um trigger warning but not that this whole episode is not a trigger warning but <laughs> it um, is
0: a huge trigger warning. <laughs>
1: This one is especially a trigger warning. Um, But then they would torture and kill animals in front of me. So after they would Mm -hmm. harm my siblings or my parents, um, I would see animals tortured in front of me. And yeah, they um, did that
0: to me too. And it it was, they would say that when they did it to the other kids, it was my fault because I was bad. And like putting that guilt on like a five, six, seven year old, it's, I mean, they did that up until, I want to say, like, I was, like, maybe 10. I think it was the last time I remember them making me watch. And it's just, oh, I can't even, the words just, like, and I don't have, like, I, I just, I can't even describe it. <laughs> it's, there's no words no, to There's,
1: there is, there, I don't have words for it either. It's, it's, it, it leaves a mark in a way that, that, um. I was terrified to talk about yeah. it because I did see what they were doing to other kids. I did see what they were doing to animals and I was convinced they were going to do it to my brother and my sister. Yeah. Um, and I was told that if I didn't perform the way that they wanted, then they were going to start taking it out on my brother. And, um, and, and that was painful. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't want what was happening to me, but I sure as shit didn't want it happening to him either. Um,
0: Yeah. I was like that too. Um, I don't know if they ever did anything to my brothers other than, I mean, I know there was like physical abuse, but I can remember there were sometimes, um, I was like 17, 18. And, uh, my dad was going after my younger brother and I just started screaming, like, fuck you, leave him alone. And then I took all the beatings for my brother. it's, you always want to protect other kids and it's, Mm -hmm. and I mean, it starts, they start doing it at such a young age for you. Like, it's like you grew up when you were like four years old, but yet when you get away from it, you still feel like you're four years old.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely. Same for me.
0: Mm -hmm. Like I have to sleep with stuffed animals every night. I I uh, time. (laughs) My husband accidentally, my friend sent me a sloth. I think she was making fun of me that I sleep in and I lay in bed all day, um, which is fine. It's the cutest thing, but my husband accidentally picked it up with clean, uh, dirty clothes and put it in the hamper. I like lost it. I was like crying. I'm like, I need it. Or I'm not going to be able to sleep. And I was like, can you check the hamper? And he's like, like, he's like crawling under my bed and stuff. But he knows, like, if, if I don't have them, like, I won't sleep. Like, when I go to the dentist, I bring all my stuffed animals. Like, I'm such a, people look at me like I'm such a baby. I'm like, leave me alone. I,
1: it, it, I did the same thing for a long time. I had, yeah, um, had to have them in my bed, had to be curled up with them. Uh, and th- I'm 40 and I, I needed them. So, yeah. It, and one of
0: mine's Bigfoot, so he protects me. <laughs>
1: it, Isn't it interesting how, um, when you do get something like that, like that child brain really does need somebody to protect, to protect you. You can't
0: see, but on the other side of my computer, there's a closet filled with stuffed animals because I just, I hoard them, but I never had them as a kid. I had one doll and I named her Emily, which is weird because there's so many people I know that went through similar things and they always named their baby dolls, Emily, Really? I don't know why I named it Emily, but i re- that's the only thing I remember. And I had a blanket that I can remember being in my dad's office and pointing at the calendar and picking a day where I was going to get rid of my blanket. But it's like now, like you see, like I'm all huddled in my blanket and most of my TikTok videos, like I have mm-hmm. the blanket I sleep under my husband brought home from Afghanistan. So it's like over 10 years old, there's holes, it's falling apart and- I just I can't I have to have it. And yeah. I brought it to the hospital when I had my kid, and but it's like he keeps on trying to buy me like a duplicate, and I'm I I can't do it. I'm like I need this one. It protected yeah. you from the Taliban in Afghanistan, so it's gonna protect me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it is like I, you I just get strange connections.
1: Yeah. I got my dog and once I got my dog I was able to not need my stuffed animals as much but that's because she is very much a protector and I didn't Yeah. Uh, I have my uh,
0: service I have my service dog but he sleeps at the door at mm-hmm. night. And I think it's to keep me feeling safe cuz he's right there if somebody yeah. ever comes in and like he's walking in here right now looking at me like you called. Yes, mom? <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> that's cute uh dogs are fantastic stepped animals are amazing um getting to have the childhood that we didn't have when we were children is so important for healing we always
0: we always go to the zoo for my birthday and Mm -hmm. I love giraffes and I always joke around because I have cathedral ceilings and I um when I go into the giraffe area I tell them I have cathedral ceilings I'll bring you home with me but now my son, um, so I, I read an article where this guy jumped into, like, I don't remember what zoo it was, but an elephant, like the little area. And it was like a $675 fine. And I was like, babe, that's not that much. And I'm <laughs> sure they'll take payments. So now my son, like what I'm like, do you want to go to the zoo now? I'm like, why? Because I don't want to get arre- you to get arrested for stealing a giraffe. I'm like, I'm not going to steal one. I'm just going to jump into the habitat pretty- yeah. and chill with them. He's like, no, I don't want to see you get arrested. I was like, what if I promise not to? He's like, I don't trust you, lady. <laughs> he has autism. So he's like very honest. Yeah. You know what he's thinking. That yeah. is. That's it's- cute my husband's always like, do you want to go out for a nice dinner? I'm like, can't we just go to a, like the toy store? <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, It it is. There is something so much about like being able to have the childhood that we didn't get mm-hmm. outside of, um, outside of our abuse. You know, one of the things for me is, um, do kids listen to this podcast? Cause I'm going to say something that might, um,
0: um i don't know some of them are uh, they're over 18 but i consider them kids because they're my daughter's age
1: okay well, i was just gonna say i grew up terrified of santa claus um you know like what yeah. kid grows up terrified of fucking santa claus but i was so what kid?
0: About- okay like let's be honest so what kid shouldn't i mean the guy sneaks into your house <laughs> in the middle of the night while you're sleeping steals <laughs> cookies i mean Why aren't kids terrified of Santa?
1: And leaves you presents? I mean, that's grooming Mm -hmm. right there. So I didn't do
0: Santa with my son. Um, But, like, (laughs) I never understood it. It never made sense to me. But it was like, I remember my dad sitting down and he's like, Oh, I need to talk to you about the tooth fairy and Santa Claus. I'm like, I already know, dude. I got cousins. But when I had to talk with my son... And he was I was like, um, you know, I was like, I need to talk to you about the um, the tooth fairy. Oh, I know. Dad's the tooth fairy. Really? Because I'm the one that did it. (laughs) Like it was me that was like sneaking and trying to get it under your damn pillow. And then like you would wake up and I'd have to drop to the floor. Daddy was not. (laughs) Well, daddy's the one with the job. Touche, child, touche. <laughs> That's
1: so, he's funny. Your son he is. is funny.
0: Yeah. He is hysterical. I love my son. He's like an 80-year-old man trapped in an eight-year-old body. He's just like, <laughs> he's crazy, <laughs> but That's he's in a good awesome. way.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's One so... time
0: he told me, um, we were in our truck and I was like, babe, can you stop and grab me a soda? I just like, I need a soda. Um, cause I have my bubble cup, but it's filled with like a protein shake that I'm supposed to drink for my hypoglycemia. And he's like, mom, you can have some of my soda. I didn't spit in it that much. I'm like that much. (laughs) I was like, thanks. I I love you too. But I think I'm going to get my own.
1: That's something we don't need to share at this moment in time. (laughs)
0: But, okay. So you were scared of Santa, which is a legit fear all children should have, by the way.
1: I, I'm with you on that one now that I'm a grown-up. Um, but I was, I was told that, um, if I didn't perform the way that they wanted, Santa was going to bring me coal. And then everybody was going to know how bad I was. And I remember when I found out that Santa didn't exist, feeling relief, just this sense of relief. I didn't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. Um, Halloween, like Halloween, I, um, one of my abusers would make me dress up in princess costumes. I got to pick which princess costume I wanted to be Mm -hmm. in as he molested me. Um, but I hate, but still don't like getting dressed up, um, you know, like for Halloween or things like that. I never,
0: I never got to do the Halloween until I had my daughters, but it was, it always had to be Disney and I can't stand Disney. But my son, he, um, he's real into Trevor Henderson. He's like a creepy pasta guy that makes things similar, like Slender Man. So, I mean, he terrifies all the kids with his costumes. <laughs> and he's, he always is like, why are the kids running away? I'm like, have you looked in the mirror? <laughs> Your costume's <laughs> terrifying, kid. And that's what he likes. <laughs>
1: you know what that like to me, I think have at it. I was forced to put on Disney costumes and like Mm -hmm. the thought of it now makes me want to peel my skin off. I have a hard time. I can't. Um. So yeah, like the normal, I'm going to put that in quotes, the normal childhood experiences, even Halloween. Like I have, I have no memories of, of, I hated Christmas. I hated Halloween. I hated my birthday. My birthday was always, I either got to pick if I performed or if I was performed on. So that was my birthday present. I got to choose how I was molested or what amazing happened.
0: Amazing present.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I, um, so but it's even- like, I
0: feel like it's like, I feel like they do it on purpose. So yeah. that way it ruins you for your <laughs> entire life. Like, every, like, I hate my birthday, Um, mm. except if my husband takes me to the zoo, but um, I don't like, like, everyone's always wanting to do big Christmases, and I'm like, dude, I send my daughters their gifts, like, after Christmas, because my son's yeah. birthday is very close to Christmas, but, like, when I buy my daughters a birthday present, I send it to them, like, two months ahead of time, I'm just like, here's your birthday present, like, I just... They they did. They ruin it because it's like you get like you you can even as an adult with my gifts, like I was given a vacuum one year Mm -hmm. and it was hinting at vacuum your damn house. Yeah. But I loved it because it was pink and that's one of my favorite colors. But it was like, yeah, they use and I think they do it on purpose. So if you ever do get out it's your whole life's ruined every single holiday
1: yeah yep i think the same thing um because i hate i hate all i i I, even now today i struggle with most of the holidays i don't enjoy them i don't celebrate
0: halloween and thanksgiving but thanksgiving involves a lot of food so
1: Thanksgiving is the one that I'm okay with Halloween it, and I didn't realize Halloween was such a challenge for me, but starting beginning of October, um, for a long time, I would get really, um, wiggy, like everything would be pissing me off. Like I just, like, would yeah. Be real
0: irritable. Head.
1: Yeah. And then I finally realized that it was because of this having to be forced to be dressed up and, and, and being molested that way. Um,
0: Yeah which makes and
1: sense. It, it, it totally does. The The whole yeah. concept of Halloween was incredibly triggering because not only was that happening in my abuse, then I had to go get dressed up in a Halloween costume, go like do, do the, the normal child Halloween stuff with my parents and pretend like everything was okay. And I'm sorry, so no but the
0: Halloween happening. costumes back then were downright terrifying. They like, really were. The, the mask, like- they, they were like, now they're cool. Some of them, but back then it was, I don't know how we survived childhood. <laughs> I don't know how anyone survived like the seventies, eighties and nineties. No. I really don't
1: No, hmm. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Uh yeah. So, um, that, uh, was my younger childhood. Um, and then I think I had a break, um, from being molested for a little while, but I'm not, that's one of those things that I don't want to go back and necessarily remember. Um, the, the abuser who started molesting me when I was very little, I outgrew his age preference. Um, Mm. so he no longer was molesting me. Um, so I don't know if somebody else stepped in, they may have, um, that's like I said, one of those things I don't necessarily want to know. Um, and then when I turned about 12 ish, um, there There was always the mind control going on, but when I turned about twelve ish in the the mormon religion when um when kids turn twelve that's a big age for yeah. um, for them at the mormon church and so I went into the program for the the young girls it's called young women's program, and it was it's really pretty much where girls learn how to be good wives and mothers and um i some, some really big, um, like mind control stuff started happening. Um, my abuser from when I was little started having me memorize scriptures from the Bible or from the book of Mormon, from Mormon, Mormon scriptures. And he would give me money if I had the scriptures memorized correctly. And my parents knew about it. Um, they had no idea the extent of it. Um, talking about it years later, my parents said, oh, we thought it was only like 10 or $15. And I made probably like $50. But every week he would give me a new scripture to memorize. And then- yeah. The next week I would have to come in and if I didn't recite it perfectly, um, I was shamed, I was like really um belittled. And if I got it perfectly, then I got a silver dollar or a golden dollar or whatever it was. He paid me a dollar for each scripture that I had memorized. I was
0: gonna say, yeah, you might have to further explain what a silver or gold dollar is. A lot of people oh. don't know about it.
1: Yes, so back then, it's a coin, not a bill. Um, uh, I
0: had to argue with my son that there was a $2 bill. He's like, no, there's not. I'm like, yeah, it is. They don't make them anymore. But it used to be a big thing, getting $2 bills.
1: It it did. And yeah, um, so it also used to be a thing, getting a coin for a dollar instead of a dollar bill. So that was a thing. (laughs) Um
0: vending and vending machines used to give that out as change.
1: They did. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: And now they want to turn everything into cryptocurrency. I know. I'm like, I like coins. They make noise. And they, they make they, your purse they, heavy they, so you can like whack someone with it.
1: And there's a weight like a okay, I have some money. Like even bills, they don't weigh much. So like well, I remember coins, I was, something.
0: I was like twenty four and I started um maybe 25. And I started dating this guy and he had a debit card and I was like amazed. (laughs) I was like, you have a debit card? Like, are you rich? He's like, no, it's just the money from my work goes right into my bank account. I'm like, like right into it. Like, you don't have to take, like, I was amazed by it because I'd never had a bank account before. Yeah, yeah. And now I have, like, 30 debit cards and, like, so many credit cards just to have Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) because I never got to before. But, yeah, it's weird how there are so many things that we never had that now as adults, I'm just like, tell me about this debit card.
1: yeah. Just With, this um, like childlike wonder for things that, that we didn't get that we didn't yeah. have. Yeah. Ugh. That's so weird that started, to think about. <laughs> it, I know it is. I, I, I see was, your I, mind
0: going like, dude, like,
1: the dollar bills, like the, the coins. out. um, I found some a couple of years ago as I was cleaning out through my, some of my stuff and I got really triggered. Um, cause I'd found some that were left over from, from him, but I didn't want to get rid of them in case they're worth like some real money one day. Cause they're not making yeah. them as much anymore. But, um, so anyway, uh, yeah. Um, so that started, I started being, um, groomed even more for, um, how to be a proper wife, um, more than just what was being taught in, um, in church on Sundays. But it was this expectation that, that I do exactly everything that the grown men wanted. And when I was about 14, um, I was, um, there was a, marriage ceremony. So Mormons, when they get married in the Mormon temple, they, they call it a ceiling. So you are sealed to your partner for time and eternity. So it's not you just a marriage to go like this or something. Like... Uh, they, it used to be there, were, there were hand signals, like where your throat was cut. Um, yeah. they changed that when I got old enough, um, to go through, The temple ceremony—they don't do that anymore, um, but they used to. Yeah.
0: I saw the temple outside of DC. I was on six ninety-five. Yeah. Had no idea what it was, but I'm like, babe, we got to go see what that is. It doesn't even look—they don't even look real from like far away. Mm -hmm. And then I get close up, and I'm like, what is that thing at the top? So I put it on Facebook, and one of my friends, her, she wasn't Mormon, but her friends were, and she's like you can't get inside of the temple. I'm like, Oh, I can. <laughs> but I, after I started learning more about like the seven levels of heaven, I'm like, yeah, it's just too confusing. I don't want to
1: know anymore. Yeah. No. Um, it, 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 there, there's a lot of, um, stuff in that that is very challenging to believe. Um, yeah uh, very, very hard. And so, um, I did get sealed to my husband when I got married at, at 21 and then, but at 14, um, the leader of the, the cult, the pedophile ring, whatever you want to call it, that was hiding out in the congregation. Um, they ended up performing a sealing ceremony, so I was actually married to him as uh, married and I'm gonna put that in quotes yeah. um I was married to him as one of his polygamist wives. Mormons used to practice polygamy, although mainstream Mormonism says they don't practice it anymore um but I was sealed to him as a polygamist wife, so they do
0: <laughs> they it,
1: it um they say they don't uh however the it is going to be practiced in heaven they believe so men can be married and sealed to multiple women on the earth because they're going to then be practicing polygamy in heaven whereas women can only be sealed to one man
0: Um, are they going to have the same wives in heaven yes what happens if they marry a child that's going to take a lot longer for them are they
1: you're asking logic from something
0: That's me. They I I <laughs> <is> haven't
1: <not. laughs>
0: I've met some Mormons. They're very intrusive people. No offense to anyone. Yeah. But yeah. it's like it's not just one that knocks on your door. It's like 30. And they're like, "Can we do anything for you?" And I'm like, "No. I'm good."
1: They're very service oriented. Yes. Yeah. I am no longer Mormon. So full disclosure, I have left the Mormon church. I have completely removed my records. It was not for me. Um, and my, uh, I I'm okay with that. I'm okay with, with having left, (laughs) but
0: did your,
1: did
0: your did your husband know what happened as a child? Like, was he part of that?
1: We grew up in very separate um, I grew up in Colorado, he grew up in Utah, and so okay. um, he did have an abusive childhood growing up um, but it was it was very different. We didn't know anything about mine. in fact, he kept telling me there were things with wrong, me, there were things wrong with me. I wasn't like normal women, and I needed to go see a sex therapist or things like that so rather than actually
0: that's not invalidating
1: about, at all. No, not at all. Um, yeah, that's so yeah, totally my, normal. <laughs> well, and in fairness to him, I, I you know, I, I did have some significant like sexual hangups. Understandably, I understand now because I had such horrific child abuse when I was little. Um, but rather than work with me to try to figure out a way that we could come together on things, it was just, you have a problem. You need to go get that figured out. So figure it out because you're not meeting me.
0: So did you actually go to a sex therapist? Cause I do know another survivor that actually got a lot of help from a sex therapist with her trauma. I don't know.
1: I did not at that point because I had no memory of it. I I'm open to it now. Um, I just thought that he, um, was being an asshole. Um, and that he was, well, he was, yes, but he wanted stuff that I wasn't comfortable with. And I just figured it was because I grew up in such a fundamental religious household and he was wanting to get into some kinky shit that that's, it, it was more a conflict between what we were interested in doing. Um, I did see a therapist, but I went to a regular therapist to try and help figure out how to navigate my relationship with him. Um, but no, at that point, I didn't think I needed a sex therapist because I had no idea that um, of the extent of my trauma.
0: Isn't it like, I, I want to say funny, but it's not funny, funny. It's like trauma victim funny uh, yeah. that we go to therapy to be better people for the abusive people. Yes. Like yeah. we should, they make it make sense. <laughs> I,
1: I, yeah, it, It. I, I have no words for that because that's exactly what happened. I went to therapy to learn how to make my marriage better and he refused to go. And so after um, multiple years of abuse and belittling and he did um, forced himself on me sexually, I finally, after many years, Finally, found the courage to leave. So, <sighs> was there like a
0: breaking point where you or you were just like, "I'm this isn't gonna work."
1: Um, he was a um pathological liar, and as they about, all are, as they all are, yeah, but yeah. would lie about little things and um. Uh, It wasn't even when he forced himself on me sexually. I still stayed two years after that. Um, It, what finally happened is I think, um, well, he was wanting to go to medical school and was applying for medical school. I was not supportive of it because I'd already been working two jobs supporting us and he hadn't been working a whole lot. um, And I didn't want to do another seven years of that. And um, anyway, but he got in, I agreed to, to go, to be supportive of it. He got in, but he got into a medical school in the Caribbean and that's kind of a lesser tier medical school. And so his ego had a hard time with it. So he told I everybody, bet. yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry to laugh, but I just, I know the type. Uh-huh. So I can't even imagine. <laughs> karma.
1: Yeah. yeah <laughs> karma. Yeah. <laughs> Well, but he told everybody that he, he had a job at that point, And he told everybody that he worked with, that he was going to one of the top tier schools in California. And I was like, but it hadn't told me. So I called and was talking with his secretary at that moment. And she said something about, Oh, are you so excited to be moving to California? And I was like, what are you talking about? We're not going to California. We're going, we're, we were actually going to go to England for a year. He was going to do a year in England. And then we were going to go to the Caribbean. And um, she's like, no, you're going to California. And I said, no, we're going to England. And she was like, okay. So she puts him on the phone. And I said to him, what the fuck is she talking about? We're going to England. We're going to California. And he lost it, like started swearing at me. He was pissed. And it came out that he told him that he was going to this top tier school in California. And I would like
0: just picture the vein in his forehead popping out,
1: popping out, yeah, <laughs> it was oh, it it was ugly. It was so it's like, ugly. how
0: dare you not know the lie that I told? Like, you should have known I was going to lie about it. How dare you?
1: and it, yeah I mean it was it was my, my fault and then he ended up telling everybody to work with that I was crazy and I was having like this mental breakdown because to blame why I thought we were going to England when we had bought tickets to go to England um not California um anyway and <laughs> it's just like one is east one is west not even remotely we're not even in the same country it's like Uh, wait
0: babe why is there water down there if we're (laughs) we're going to california
1: Uh, (sighs) yeah and then so i took off um we were supposed to be leaving for england like the next week and we would sold all our furniture we literally were ready to go and this happened. And I was like, I don't want to see you for a little while. I don't know how long I'm going to be gone. So I took our tickets. I backpacked through Europe by myself and then came home and was like, I can't do this. We need to be done. I just can't. I just can't.
0: It's it's strange though, because like when me and my ex-husband split up, it was like when I asked for the divorce, I realized like I had been wanting it for so long, but it was like. Like, cause we got, we got into a fight and he moved back home because uh, we had left and moved to a different state, but he came back. And as soon as he walked in the door, I was like, I want a divorce. Yeah, and it was yeah. like, once it came out, I just like, it was like, whoosh, like all this stress went away. I'm like, oh yeah, I've wanted this for a while. I never cried that me and my ex-husband split up. Don't miss him. I mean, sometimes I do. I think, I know he loved me in his own twisted way. I think he was trying to protect me from my parents and everything because he was, he was always separating me from my family. And I thought it was like an isolation, abusive thing, but he had a he had a fucked up childhood too. So he didn't know how to treat a woman. Treats his yeah. kids great. Treat, I mean, he's great to my daughters. But yeah. it was like, once I said it, it was like, I knew it was everything I had wanted. And it was just like.
1: I describe it that as soon as we separated and he moved out, I felt like I could breathe again. I couldn't breathe up until then. Yeah. Well, I was like, after I escaped
0: my parents, that first night at the shelter, I think was like the best sleep I've ever had in my life. Because I knew the monsters weren't going to be coming in my room at night. And. It was like, all I did was sleep and my daughters did too, but I think they just slept because mommy was sleeping, you know, and it was, it was just like, all the stress was gone and woke up the next day and reality set in that, oh, this is just the beginning of the fight, you know, to be completely rid of them. But it is, it's like, once you're gone, it's like you get that brief moment and then everything hits you and it's like can i just go back to that one sleep (laughs) yes i I want that one sleep but it's like now still to this day i can't sleep like if i go to bed before 3 a.m i'll wake up before 3 a.m if i go to bed after 3 a.m i'll sleep fine but um that's when they used to come in my room was at three in the morning Mm -hmm. Um, but it's like that one first night at the shelter oh That was the best sleep in the world. That relief of being free from it. Yeah. Yeah, it was. So, yeah, I definitely get what you say when you say like, it's, it's weird how all the stress leaves your body. Like it's, it's like instantaneous. It's It's
1: just. Instantaneous. Yeah.
0: And it's like no tears, nothing. You're just like, oh, Oh. so this is how I'm supposed to feel.
1: (laughs) So this, yeah, it, it was such an unusual feeling. Um, And then you think you're
0: going crazy because there's no chaos. Yeah. It's like, God, I remember I used to do just little things, just like I'd put put the radio up just a little bit too loud or like drop a dish just to hear it smash. I'm like, I just need a little tiny bit of chaos. Yeah. You're so used to it. Mm
1: -hmm. And then, of course,
0: my parents found out I left and then all the chaos came. And now I'm just like oh i hate
1: chaos i don't need it anymore it was a crutch oh, yep yeah. once you learn how to how to break free from that mm-hmm. um so I- i'm going to come back to i was about 14 and i got sealed married we started and then we went off on a tangent about my ex-husband which was also abusive but i got married to um one of the high up leaders in our church congregation that we went to so i was Mm -hmm. a polygamist wife for him um and i was his i was there for sex for him and that was the first time that i remember um actually penile vaginal penetration so he started raping me uh before then it had i don't remember um an actual penis being inserted into me and yeah. um it that went on for years i was i was sealed to him i think that's partially why um I, I i do have compassion for my real ex-husband the one that i actually married because my marriage at 14 was so abusive that's all i was And I remember
0: parents know about that. mm
1: -mm, No, no idea. Um, I've tried to piece together how it all worked out. They lived in our neighborhood, they lived a few streets away from us. Um, and I remember riding my bike over to their house one afternoon. You know, we would ride our bikes all the time, we lived in a safe neighborhood. My parents had no idea, and I remember riding my bike to their house one time, and um. There was a group there, and he raped me in front of the group. The, the group was standing around watching. It was like a ceremony. And I remember his wife sitting there watching. And I remember staring at her and thinking, are you going to do anything as he's right. doing I'm getting
0: this? Handmaid's Tale vibes.
1: Very, very similar. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had to stop watching Handmaid's Tale because I got too triggered with it because it was so... Yeah um it's it's
0: it's like a like it reminds me a lot of sex trafficking too like with the breeding that I had gone through but it doesn't really I mean it doesn't trigger me I try sometimes like after the episodes I cry but this is like it's almost exactly like the handmaid's tale
1: it very much yes It, it, it very much was and I was um So, um, I remember looking at her and she just sat there and watched. And in fact, she got pissed at me. The more that he got excited and really enjoyed what he was doing, the more angry that she got at me and, um, she took it out on me. I like at church on Sundays, she was horrible to me. She treated me poorly. Um, because Because her,
0: what he did to you,
1: because he enjoyed it as much as he did. And, um, she was, she was cruel. He, um, he was in a position of leadership. So then he put her over all of the, the young women, the girls aged age 12 to 18. And so she oversaw all of us and I was part of that group. And she just, I was definitely, um, she did not like me because he, And I realized that that was the one way that I had any control was the more I could make him enjoy it and lose his mind, the more that hurt her. And, um, yeah, it, that was the only sense of control that I had. Um, and so I started being raped. I have no idea how long it went on for. Um, I, that once again, that's one of those things that I don't really necessarily feel the need to, um, explore. And it it was interesting, um, so when I was sealed to him, when I was, had this Mormon marriage ceremony, um, they talked a lot about how it was, um, similar to what Joseph Smith, who founded the Mormon religion, he married a 14 year old woman or girl. Um, he had a 14 year old wife. And, um, and so as I was 14 and being sealed to this man yeah. in our church, um, I was being told that it was because of, of continuing the commandments of what Joseph Smith did. And so yeah. that's what I don't know if they actually believed it or if they were really just using that as an excuse, but it was very, I was, I was passed from person to person until I became his wife. And then I was his exclusively. Um, and then I left for college at age 18 and Never went back, so um, although I had been groomed, I remember being called into um, he had an office on Sundays, being called into his office and told that um, all I was good for was to have children and bring them back unto the Lord. Um, pretty much same thing, like bring them back to the cult, like yeah, bring them back to the cult. I
0: just wonder because I know from the Mormons that I know, like. Not everyone's allowed to get married in the temple, so how how did that how did they play that off for you to be able to get married to your ex husband at the temple if you were essentially devo- like devo- quote unquote divorced?
1: I, that's the thing is that that I wasn't. I was still like their ceremony their their marriage ceremony the the shadow cult um, was done off the books. Or at least so no my, one knew. Okay. So no, no one, one knew about it. It was I, except for the people that were there. Um, no one I think knew about it. So it wasn't really
0: the wife didn't even try to protect you.
1: No. No. She hated me. She was so cruel. Wow. She sat there and watched the whole thing.
0: Women I mean, all my women clients were they were always crazier than the men. It was more mm-hmm. about The psychological torture, but it's -hmm. like when I go to the gynecologist, they're like, do do you want a female doc? No, I want a male doctor. I I hate women. Women are terrifying to me. They're just scary.
1: I'm the exact opposite. I cannot have a man. Yeah. I, I I have to have a female. Um, it, but I'm very particular about which female it is, and I have to in general be incredibly medicated to go get that done because I can't it's, oh, I am too I think yeah, um mm-hmm. so yeah, it, it and then I left for college and married my abusive husband, so um, but I had no memory of it, mm-hmm. it was incredibly um so that's why we, when we were talking, it, like, I don't really know what to call it. Cause there are a lot of similarities to sex trafficking, but it really was a cult. It, it, it's kind of this hard, um, like in between culty shit that a lot of the similarities um, happened. Um, and it was overwhelming. It devastated my life. It's taken me a long time to get to where I can even talk about it, let alone,
0: um, and that's, I mean, it's, I think like the structure of the sex trafficking rings is very similar to cults, but there are, there are cults that sex traffic, but not all sex trafficking is cults, but it's like the passing around that happens in sex trafficking, except there's money exchanged. Yeah. And I know when I first met my husband, we were just pen pals while he was in Afghanistan. And the way I told him, I said, um, how did I say it? I, I was like, they would allow their friends to do things to me. And then when I finally figured out that it was actually sex trafficking, I can remember, like, I read the email against my husband and he was sitting right next to me at this point because it was, it was, uh about seven years ago and I was like what if money was exchanged and he's like oh that would make sense Mm -hmm. and then that was just when the dominoes started falling about what I really survived Mm -hmm. but yeah the aspects are the same it's just to me personally I think it is sex trafficking it just doesn't fit the legal description of what it is
1: yeah yeah and you know after we talked about this money may have been exchanged like I really have no idea what was happening yeah. in the background like how All would thought, you yeah I was just passed from person to person um and as I've done more therapy more names have come up and I remember more people um but I had two main people that have really um come to me that I the one that I was married to, and I put that in quotes, because what fourteen year old child who had been groomed since yeah. a year and a half can consent to any sort of marriage. Um what fourteen year old that wasn't groomed that wasn't consent to can consent to any marriage. Very true. Um, so so I don't know. Like I have no idea what was happening in the background. Um, I was so young and it was just it was so prolific. Um, and I know that there were there were random strangers that would come in i remember one time when i was being molested somebody came in that i had no idea who he was he it was a friend of the the person so i mean there was like i was passed around it was yeah uh, and what was that religious aspect the the cult hiding out within the mormon church which many people think is a cult itself but this this extra pedophile cult um that was hiding out in the congregation
0: yeah i don't think the mormon like the l i know the flds is considered a cult i don't think the regular mormons are but it's they have certain
1: who you ask yeah and it depends on how strict of a definition you go with
0: yeah Um, but it it is very cult-like because you move up and then the different levels and heaven but it's I can't remember what the legal definition is for it, but I think it's it's like a very gray area. But you could really say that about all religions too. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's
0: and that's what it, it sucks because it's like I hate when people call science, the church a Scientology. No, that is a cult. That is not a church. Um, and like I was, I went for an interview once in my early twenties. And it was a Scientology place. And this guy sat down next to me and was like, are you a Scientologist? And I'm like, no. And he's like, have you ever thought about it? I was like, you know, I've looked into like Hubbard's stuff. And I just, I don't think it's a religion, but I think it's more like a way of life. And I, I, I agree with some things, but it was like, I knew that that person was sat there on purpose before my interview, of course, I didn't get the job. I didn't want the job once I figured out what it was. Like I walk in and I'm like, "Oh no, <laughs> yeah. like, no!" I and we have um, like right down the street from me. Um, it's uh, it's like a, they do publishing for like androids, um, like apps and stuff like that but they all wear suits and across the street we have like a little strip mall with a bunch of little restaurants and fast food stuff and i can't even go during lunchtime i can't leave my apartment because like seeing them all walk in suits i'm like oh my god it looks just like the Scientologists. and my son god bless his heart he was younger and he's like mom does trump have blonde hair i'm like yeah Oh my God, that's Donald Trump. I'm like, no, sweetie, it's. <laughs> <laughs> but he just saw a man in a suit with floppy hair. But it, yeah, it, it does, it's still I can't look at like I'm all right seeing a man in a suit, but like a whole group just like I mean it's crazy. It, 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 there's no other word. It's just crazy. But I know like. A lot of the people in the area they hate them and they just keep screaming out the window. Jesus Christ loves you. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, you guys are horrible, but it it is. It's the it's such a thin line I think between religion and cults. But it's you know my previous guest was it was a cult hidden inside the Catholic Church and. I mean, I went to Catholic school, but it was more an optics thing. There weren't, like, Montessori or charter schools where I lived. That was the best school that you could go to. But I love my faith, but I am free to do whatever I want in my faith. Like, I don't go to church. I just... Yeah. I look at the clock and I'm like, oh, crap, mass was, like, started, like, half hour ago. I'll go next week, but I can still you know, it's like, I'm not shunned. I'm not shamed for not going. They still come to my house. Like my son had this thing where he thought there were creatures coming out of our air vents. And I called one church that's like right in like almost the same parking lot as me. And they're like, well, I don't, I was like, can you just like pretend to bless like a water gun and tell him it's going to kill the monster? Well, I don't feel comfortable lying, but I'll tell him that God lives inside of him. I'm like, yeah, you're nuts. You're you're going to terrify the kid. Yeah. Yeah. But it was adorable. Cause when the priest came out and I mean, when I grew up, they were always so old, but yes. this one, he's younger than me and I'm just like child, <laughs> but he was great. Cause he blessed my son's Nerf guns. And like my son was pointing in different spots. He's like, you got to get the, the water under here real good. and and they did this whole thing for him and then it was he killed the creature once with a nerf gun and that was the end of it but I was like the one across the street like you're going to tell my kid that there's something living inside of him and he's scared of the air vent that blows out air brilliant dude (laughs) I don't even know what denomination it is but it's it is it's that's like where I see the difference is like if they give you the freedom, then it's not yes. a cult. Yes. You know, but there yes. is, um, and it is the same structure with sex trafficking. I mean, a lot of things you experienced, I experienced, I mean, I wasn't married at 14, but you know what someone said to me in my life and you said it too here, but I said that, you know, I wasn't forced so much as to marry my ex-husband, but heavily encouraged because we had a kid together Yeah, and I was like, my family was very like anti premarital sex, but yet they were trafficking me and selling me for sex. But it's like the Mormon church wants you to get married, but yet they were doing it to you as a child.
1: Yeah. I never
0: thought of it until someone said it to me on one of my lives. I'm like, dude, (laughs) like there's another thing that I thought was normal That I never even thought of it that way. I hadn't either, actually, to be honest, until you just said that. Yeah. Isn't that wild? It's like, Uh they're so heavy on telling you not to have premarital sex. Well, what did you just do to me, dude? Yeah. Like if I had known when I was a child, I probably would have been beat a lot worse than I was. Because I would have been like, "If are we married? Then get away from me. (laughs) Yeah. It is. It's strange. Isn't
1: it? it? it's, it's so messed up. I couldn't have even done that when I was 14. Cause I technically was, you know, I believed married to my. Person.
0: Which uh, is probably why they did the ceremony. So you mm-hmm. wouldn't tell your parents or do anything about it. Cause well, you're supposed to as a wife, but yeah. that was, it was, that was used on me a lot. I, I was obligated. Yeah. to have sex with everybody and I'm like okay
1: it, you don't know any better like if that's yeah. all you've known growing up that's just what it is that's how it is unfortunately
0: yeah and it's like even like watching this season of the handmaid's tale um you know June's daughter Hannah that
1: I had to stop watching it it was so yeah. hitting me so close to home I well, couldn't it's... watch it
0: I don't think I don't know if this will trigger you, so I'm sorry if it does. But it's like she's wearing a different color dress and now she's in the school to train to be a wife. And it just like I felt like my soul left my body when Nick said it to June. I was like, ah, like I was trained. Yes. Like, they would come in and train me to be better for the clients and they would bring me to parties and pass me around to the other parents. So that way I could learn how other people liked it and not just them. It's like, like it was that show it's terrifying how accurately it depicts everything, but people don't look at it that way. They see it whatever way they see it. But everyone I know that's a survivor of either a cult or
1: trafficking. Yeah. That show it's like, it hits a nail on the head. It really does. hundred percent. The religious aspect for me, that, that's what, um, that's, that's, that's what did it. It is. It was so similar to what, what it was yeah. like for me.
0: <laughs> and it was like, um, you know, Ryan, he was the guest that I talked with earlier. Um, and I mean, we, I said to him, like, I feel like, you know, a lot of people think that it's the religions that turn these people into this crazy person, but I'm like, it's, I really believe that they choose to go into those religions because they know they'll have that power and control. And obviously, yes, it definitely is a problem and the church should handle it, but it's like, if you want to have a lot of wives, just go be a Mormon.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that it, it, in my experience, um, I think that people who are attracted to that level of power seek out opportunities and places where they can have that degree of control, you know, in, in a non, um, nobody would accept that in a, in an environment where, um, where there wasn't such a patriarchal male dominated society, you know, like growing up in a place where there wasn't that, um, that structure. So I think it kind of, but it also teaches men growing up in, in my experience in Mormonism teaches men that, that they are a little bit above women because they do have these extra special gifts that God has given them. Uh, you know, like, I I think that, that it kind of tends to crossbreed into each other. Um, however,
0: When I was younger, um, the Catholic Church had already started changing and allowing girls and women to be in positions they weren't earlier.
1: But is it still an equal distribution? I mean, is it?
0: Honestly, I don't really know because I don't go to church because I notice a half hour after mass starts, but... (laughs) There is that. (laughs) I don't know if they're allowed to be priests yet, but I know like... Before it was, they're going to be altar boys, they're going to be lectors, but I was an altar girl. And mm-hmm. So it was like changing while I was in it. But God, my, I had something I wanted to say and that my head just went blank. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's all oh. good. We've ta- we've covered a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, we have.
1: Um. So in my experience with the more...
0: So I'm going
1: to. Oh, I was just going to say, so that's pretty much my story. That's, that's it.
0: And an amazing one. It's how did you survive all that? I don't know. Yeah. People ask me that too. I'm like, eh, I don't know. You just just do. You do. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like that saying is like so cliche. Like you don't like you're how does it go? Like um, you don't know how strong you are until it's like your only choice or something like that. And I, but it's so true. It's like, there's a lot of times, and I don't know if you experience this, but I know a lot of other survivors that said they feel the same way. It's like, sometimes I just get this weird feeling like, did I actually survive? Is this all just like, pretend like my life now, like it may be, this is like heaven, and it does not work at getting your husband to buy you more turtles saying, <laughs> I think I'm in heaven Um, in case anyone listening is wondering, but it's, I do like, sometimes I feel like I never actually did survive and none of this life is real. Do you ever yes. feel like that? I do. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like dissociation or derealization, all the weird D terms that they have. <laughs>
1: all of it that allows us to survive. Mm-hmm. I struggled with anorexia. I struggled with a severe eating disorder for a number of years most of my life. That's that's how I survived. Um but yeah, no, it, dissociation, dysmorphia like yeah, all of the d words. Mhm.
0: Oh, well, I always like to ask my guests, because I do get a lot of listeners that are survivors, and I'm sure there's a lot that relate to your story. Um, If you have any advice on maybe victims that are listening that are still in it, or any advice about your healing process for other survivors, if there is anything that you think they would need to hear, what would it be?
1: Um, one of the things that would have been most beneficial for me was to hear, um, just, I see you, I hear you and I validate you. And so regardless of how crazy you might think that your story is, or that no one's going to believe you, I believe you, I see you and I, I hear you. I didn't feel seen or heard and I felt like I was less than, and, um, so there are people out there that do see you and hear you and aren't going to question your story we're going to believe you I'm going to believe
0: I will too I believe some of the craziest things
1: having experienced things that if I as I as they come out of my mouth I'm like that there is no way that anybody could have experienced what I experienced and yet it's so I did and Mm. so I I trust people it it I I see you and I hear you. I guess because that was what I would have needed to hear. Um,
0: yeah, I know. I just I felt so alone for so long until I started sharing, and then I just get comment after comment. Like I I went through that. Like I feel I feel less alone. Thank you for sharing. You know that's why I start at first. I didn't want to do guests. But I was like, you know, if it's just me talking about my story, then a lot of people be like, oh, well, that's just her. So I like having guests on because then other people that may not really relate to my story might relate to other people's. So I definitely am honored that you came on and shared your story with me as gruesome and crazy as it was.
1: I'm honored that you have me. I'm grateful for you, for making a safe space for those of us to come and talk about our stories, to share, because it is, it is very hard. Um, It is very overwhelming. And I know most of you listeners can't see me, but I've been peeling at my skin for most of the time. Me too. I'm fidgeting
0: with a a pen, getting (laughs) knots in my hair. (laughs)
1: So I guess that would be another thing is just, no, it's going to be uncomfortable. So even if I sound like I'm able to articulate my story very well, it still is. I'm picking up my skin. And so um, that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong. It means that we're survivors.
0: Yeah, exactly. And God, man, Sean scared me when he told me about you. It was just because it was just like, I answer the phone. I'm like, hello, Kelly. I'm like, Sean. (laughs) He's like, I have a guest for you. I'm like, maybe answer, like when I answer the phone, don't scream my name.
1: <laughs> he's such a good guy. I love Sean. <laughs> I, I so enjoyed my podcast with him. Yeah, I really.
0: Yeah. He uh, was a guest on here too. And I was a guest on yeah. his. But yeah. yeah, he's good people. Yeah. Yeah he was stationed at the same army post that my husband was stationed at and his house had gotten burglarized. You told
1: me this. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I was pregnant. So I was like, just tell me what like got stolen and I'll look on Craigslist and honest, Like, to be honest, I think his wife at the time was jealous because I was a female and I, yeah. like she forced herself to be my friend. And then me and him just stuck as friends, mm. but he's good people.
1: These good but people. I'm glad
0: he introduced yeah. us because you're Thank awesome.
1: You I love you're
0: our What's that? I do,
1: too. I do too. And I would talk to you for hours. Clearly, we do. Um, and I'm like, God damn it. I got to get up and go to work in the morning. Um, <laughs> My work schedule is uh, well, getting like- in the way of my social life
0: most of my friends are like, I know not to call you unless I have three hours to spare. <laughs> I'm like, I don't. And it's like, I don't even talk that much. It's just the conversations to go. but I'm glad you yeah. came on and shared your story. And I do understand how intimate that is. And I am honored that you are asked to come on and did come on. Thank and you I for having me. Well, thanks for coming on. And Thank you to all my listeners for being so amazing and supportive. You help me go. You help people like Angie go. And um, uh, nothing will ever end unless us survivors continue speaking out. And we just, we can't do it without the love and support that we never had as children. So y'all mean a lot to me and I hope y'all have a good night.